Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. The show airs live on December 8th, and for many of us, we think of... uh, John Lennon's passing on this day and all the wonderful music and consciousness that he provided. And, of course, he lives on in our consciousness and spirit. Um, and we also think yesterday of the uh, the day of infamy there, the beginning of uh, World War II for, for America and, and um, how precious freedom is in our, in our society and uh, how that needs to be guarded because it's, it's not a given. It's a, it's a day-by-day thing. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But today I welcome fellow Unity Online radio host, Dr. Drayvon James, to the show. She's the host of Everyday Peace, as well as the founder of Everyday Peace, which exists to educate, empower, and inspire others to build the life of their dreams. And I was honored to be on Dr. Drayvon's show a few months ago. And, and now we're reciprocating. She's going to be on mine. So I'm excited about that. Dr. Drayvon is also an author and speaker. And from humble beginnings on the south side of Chicago, she has realized that overcoming involves integration of her good and bad and everything in between. And I love that because that's something we talk about a lot on this show is, is the idea of it's a both-and world. Um, Dr. Drayvon um, earned a doctorate degree in pharmacy, and uh, she's uh, had she's done amazing things in her life. Actually, uh, even though she's had several reverses, she is definitely an overcomer. She's a wife and mother of two teenagers, and now a successful pharmacist and also an actress. Uh, she's been on HBO's The Wire and many stage plays and independent films. It gets better and better. Uh, She continues to inspire others uh, with her radio show, public speaking, and her everyday peace work. So it's a joy to welcome this dynamic thought leader, mover and shaker, Dr. Drayvon James, to today's show. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Reverend Paul is my delight. Thank you. You know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, you know, it's it's got a, a, a reputation, doesn't it? You just have to say south side uh, of that great city and, and things come into your mind, you know. Um, and I remember visiting there myself a few years ago um, and, uh, and seeing some of the, the neighborhoods there. 
Um, tell us about that, you know, because um, it's it's not the easiest environment to grow up in, right? It is not. You know, it's so funny because whatever you make it out of and, and you grow from, you say it with a little bravado. You say, I'm from the South Side, right? So people are like, oh, my goodness. And it feels good to know that uh, everything comes, everything good grows in the earth, right? And so the earth is dark and it may be a little bit cool down there and cold sometimes makes us think of being alone. And there were definitely those points in my childhood where things were cold and seemed a little bleak. But uh, luckily for, for, for us, even during those time periods, and they were really dark times, there were times we had bouts of homelessness and, you know, not knowing where the next meal was going to come from was not something we were foreign to. But the great thing about that process is that my mom reinforced, you know, she, I'm the oldest of three children, and she reinforced in us that, you know, this whole a concept, even though she didn't call it a concept, it was just a way of being in that everything that you desire to be in life, you got, you're going to need some sort of roots to get there. And everything that's happening now is creating you. Iron sharpens iron. And she was right about that whole philosophy. And it's just a matter of your perspective and knowing that this too shall pass. That's true for all things, but, um, that was definitely true for that way of life. And a lot of good came out of it. A lot, you know, the idea of being surrounded by so much love and so much hope and then being able to see from humble beginnings what the right attitude and the, the right work ethic. And of course, I, I am a Christian, but whatever your belief is, uh, that the universe really is not a hostile place. It really does want to serve us. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not comparing my own childhood to yours because nobody can compare. But, you know, I grew up fairly, um, I wouldn't say I was in a, a high level of uh, affluence, let's put it like that. Uh, and yet uh, what I remember is great love, you know, is uh, you may not have had everything physically that you wanted, but that didn't really matter. It, it was the, the, the bond of the family unit and... Um, you may do, you know, we played with uh, matchsticks in the gutter, so to speak, you know, and turned that into a, 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 an imagination thing, you know, where you you, um, you could see, you know, ships sailing across the Arabian Sea or whatever. Um, and I think that's true for all of us, you know, it, it, we, and it's true in unity, isn't it? We take um, whatever is the raw material that's given and, and you can make it uh, a problem or you could make it a, a possibility depending on how you choose to to see it, right? And that's not to sugarcoat it. It's not to say that it was fun, but but it doesn't have to be the greatest devastation either. There, there's possibility in everything. Absolutely. And I love how you phrase that. You take the raw material and you do what you will with it. I love to cook. And I used to tell people, so whatever the ingredients that you give me, I'm going to make a meal tonight. <laughs> and it just is a matter of what I choose to do with those ingredients. And life is sort of like that. You open up the pantry and you have some things in there. And some of those things you would love to cook with. And some of those things you look at and you say, well, why is that there? What would I possibly do with that? And there you engage your curiosity. Right. And that's so necessary. Right. It 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 your curiosity um, diminishes your fear and your trepidation, because now you get to be that wide wide eyed child. And you look at the situation, and say, what will I do with this? And the question is different. The, the energy is different around that. And so as long as we keep that in the forefront of our life, I, th I think curiosity is so important, especially during hard and hard and challenging times to be curious is how is this 
going to work out for my good because I accept and believe that I work, I live in a friendly universe that wants me to be able to use this, whatever this is, for my greater good and for service to others. Right, I like that phrase, friendly universe. Was it Einstein that said that? You know, one of the biggest yes. questions we have to ask ourselves is, is the universe friendly? And, and it's a wonderful question to ask, right? Because so many of us approach the universe as if it's not friendly. You know, it's full of tribulation and difficulties. And, and if you believe in the devil, you know, the devil's after me, et cetera, et cetera. But if you approach it as a friendly place, a beneficent place, right, then, then all of a sudden you, um, you release that fear that you had about the, the dualisms and the, and the things that are out to get you. And you, you realize, no, I can, I can relax. The universe is here to envelop me and, and lift me, not, not to try and destroy me. Yeah, I think that's such a great place of learning, too. It's like having that great college professor who's really, really hard on you or a strict parent. And there is, you know, you're, you don't like it, but in the back of your mind, you feel safe because, you know, this person is really for me. They really want me to get this. They really want this experience to be useful to me for my greater good. And so it eases, you know, a part of that uh, discomfort by knowing that I'm really safe here. Uncomfortable, yes. I mean, we're not we're gonna not put our head in the sand. We're gonna acknowledge that yes, this is uncomfortable, <laughs> but I'm safe. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that Unity has taught me. You know, over the years, is that I I came from a, a typically dualistic background. You know, of, of a mixture of good and evil and all that. Uh, and and finding the the Unity idea that inherently we are one, that it's all good. There's one presence and one power. It was so freeing because I don't think I've ever looked back. And like you said, it, you know, it doesn't make everything hunky dory. There's still, you know, challenges here and opportunities, but but it's it sure makes it a, a different way of perceiving those difficulties and challenges, right? You're no longer seeing them as people are after me or whatever. Ain't it awful? Though our egos do go back to that uh, that place sometimes, don't they? The, the, you know, it's it, not completely free of, of all the old ways of thinking, I don't think. We have, we have to remind ourselves every so often. Yes, and that's the beautiful thing, too. So I, I sometimes, especially when you're raising teenagers, of which I have, I have two young adults, and so they like to remind me, aren't you the everyday peace lady <laughs> whenever something, whenever I say something that they that is disagreeable to them, right? And so I, I love telling them that, you know, there is no perfection in this game. You know, we all seek after the unattainable goal of perfection, and, and we seek with great energy, but we don't, what happens, the more you uh, subdue the ego at, to a place of relaxation is that the ego rises with less intensity. It still rises, but the intensity is not as fierce as it would be because it's been tamed a little bit. And when it does rise, it's easier to be subdued and lulled back into a state where it's relaxed and doesn't totally ruin your day or even your hour with its fears and its trepidation. It allows you to say, okay, you know, I'm having this moment and this moment will pass. Right. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I'm bad about going to worst case scenarios sometimes, you know, I have to tell myself it's okay, relax. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, especially when it comes to physical things, you know, I can overcome lots of things, but somebody says, Oh, you've got a disease or something. Oh my, oh my, I'm going to die. <laughs> Even but you know, it's a ridiculous way of looking at it, you know. And so I have to have to you know, pace myself here, and but that's just part of our humanness. I think each right. of us has 
you know, a weakness, a, a, a weak link in the chain, if you like. You know, all the other parts of the chain could be strong, but you know, where you weak link is, that that's where all the attention goes, and and uh, but that's where the growth point is too, right? It's it the tender is. place, tender yeah, place and- that grows. And I love that worst case, I've been a pharmacist for 31 years. And so with everything that's going on right now, I'm in all these meetings all day long and and run a a hospital department. And I am a worst case scenario person. That is how I approach everything so that I can give you the best results under the worst worst conditions. And (laughs) so sometimes I feel that it works really well. But then you're right, when you hear your own situation and you always go to the worst case, I say, well, if I can solve the worst case or I can become at peace with the worst case, everything else will be gravy. (laughs) Well, you know, somebody taught me a a technique one time which I find effective, you know, it's, it's, um, it's sort of a reverse uh, psychology, so being counterintuitive. But when you've got a problem, you know, rather than trying to overcome it, you just expand it. You let it uh, grow and grow and grow. Do a little thought experiment, you know. What, what happens if this was to take over and fill everything about me? And, you know, you, you expand it to the point of ridiculousness, just like a balloon, and eventually it bursts, you know, because there's no way you can hold that level of angst or, or uh, anxiety in your mind. And, and then when it bursts, you realize, oh, my goodness, I self-created all that. You know, I didn't, I didn't need to do that, but it, it was an interesting thought experiment. And, and that's, that's helped me sometimes. You know, and I, I look at the Tao Te Ching. It says, uh, if, you, if you want to shrink something, you must first allow it to expand. That's a, that's a very profound statement. And it's the same idea, I think. You know, ra- rather than resist it, you just watch it and look at it and, and see what it's trying to do, what lessons it's trying to teach us, right? So so that the, it can have its time. And, and then when it's time to move on, we've seen it for what it is and, and we're ready to leave it. That is so true. And that practice, I like to, I do that practice a lot too. And I like to watch, you know, just become the watcher of me mm-hmm. because that whole letting go of letting it expand. And, you know, initially I would have to say for me, that was very, very challenging because I have a propensity to worry it, it for some point that maybe because of my childhood and how I came to the universe, that was comfortable for me to get in this state of worry, even though it was uncomfortable, but it was very, very familiar. And then I get myself all worked up and I'd be so much a part of it. I had to learn how to let go and, and just watch, become the watcher of me as the thing, as the fear was expanding, as the worry was expanding and just become the watcher and say, oh, that's interesting. Right. That's interesting. I wonder what happens after that. And when you start asking your question, questions, it quite it becomes almost like a movie. You start watching yeah. and say, well, you know, I don't like that ending. Okay, well, and then you get to realize that I can choose. I can choose not to be in this state. I can choose just just to be the watcher with all without becoming attached. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's quite a quite an exercise when you can do it like that. And but it points out something that we are not what we think we are, right? We are spirit. We we are that which is beyond uh, conditioning, right? And so uh, when when we watch, we we see we notice that you know we spend so much time worrying about things that are that don't really exist, <laughs> and then and then you start laughing at yourself. You think, oh, how silly of me! And and you know, there's nothing like laughing. I think laughing is buoyant. It it allows us to escape from the heaviness of life. 
Yeah, you know, and I love that too because we get this thrill, don't we, out of scaring ourselves. It's much like our own roller coaster ride. You know, we like to scare ourselves and have this emotional rush sometimes, I think. And when I find myself or my clients doing that, I say, oh, that was scary. So, what are our other options that are not so scary? Let's talk about those too, because it's all on the table. I, anything could happen. None of us know the future. So we've gotten, we've we've had our roller coaster ride for today. Now let's have our walk in the garden of peace. Exactly. Very good. You know, uh, there's a, a a new initiative at Unity World Headquarters right now uh, around um, you know diversity and equity and inclusion and. And of course, that's part of a larger national movement. We've talked about issues this year around, you know, Black Lives Matter. And, and as an African-American yourself, um, uh, you know, talk, talk to me about that a little bit, because it's got to be tough. I mean, I can't, I can't even get my head around some of the, the craziness that we see uh, demonstrated in our society. You know, you'd think after all these years that there'd be a little more um, equity and, and justice, but, um, you know, is it getting better? I mean, what, what's, what's it like? Yeah, that's, um, thank you for raising that question because I would say that as difficult as it is, and this is one woman's perspective who's lived in the African-American body for five plus decades, it is the best that it has ever been. And not that, uh, not that the, the hatred is any different, but, but the acceptance from the masses is now is no longer there. It uh, is one of those things now, and I, and I can remember there were times when no, everyone would say, oh, that's in your head. That's not, that's not really going on. So the masses, you know, you were being victimized more than once. It was happening. And then everyone would say, oh, it's in your head. It's not really happening. But now the, 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 there's a consciousness, which is really beautiful that there is, it, it sticks out. It's a beacon of this is wrong. This is a crime against humanity, not just a crime against people of different shades and hues of skin color. It is a crime against humanity that you would behave as such or that this would be allowed. And right. that is what makes it to me uh, seem that it is better than what it was. I, you know, I think uh, with hope, you know, we always knew that it would get better because it has to, but as difficult as the as the events have been and continue to be, and my heart goes out to the families that are um, impacted directly by the the horrible crimes that have happened. It is getting world attention, mm-hmm. and there are people. You know, I drive through neighborhoods that you wouldn't even expect, and they all have these Black Lives Matter, and I can just tell you, I'm like, wow, to be here and this sign is on your lawn is a solidarity of saying that we are human first and we are looking for our similarities. And there are so many similarities and diversity is beautiful. And we are no longer going to tolerate with silence that which should not be. Right, absolutely. Well, you know, what I'm always amazed at is the the, the many and varied spokespeople um, like yourself, um, from you know African American background, who uh, who have such grace and uh, forbearance, um, and and there's many of them that speak on on television and media, etc. Um, thought leaders, uh, ministers, politicians, uh, you know, it, it 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 makes you proud, you know, that there's that level of um, 
the ability not not to uh, rejoin with uh, the same kind of anger and frustration that is, you know, demonstrated by some, right, in, uh, who are who are still, you know, living in an, in an older way of looking at life. Um, but that that ins that inspires me, and, and um, you know, if if all of us could have that level of grace, you know, I think I think we'd be doing good. Oh yes, in that level of grace and realizing, you know. It's so beautiful when I when I think about the grace that exists. And of course, I'm thinking of this definition, grace is the hand of God or the hand of, of the universe, right? Giving us that which we do not deserve. I love that definition when I think about that. And we as a people, all of us are have our own baggage that we carry, our own bias that we carry. But this grace helps us to see within ourselves and see the flaws within ourselves and it then to forgive ourselves and then to be forgiving and tolerant of other people. Even those people, I dare say, that have committed um, these crimes against humanity, I'll call it that, there is a level of understanding for them as well to realize this is what it looks like to live in such deep fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all can relate to being fearful. We all can relate to, you know, maybe not on the scale of which they have behaved outside of their character because of fear, but we can all relate to doing things out of fear that we wish we hadn't done or, or said that we wish we hadn't said. And, you know, although the crime is the crime and it carries the penalty that it does, we can find our humanity in there and say, this is what fear does to life. And many people are in fear, I think, because of uh, changes in the world, you know, globalization, um, the, the, the way America has changed in recent decades, you know, the rise of China and other countries that are now extremely powerful. You know, it's a whole different uh, worldview, right? And I think it threatens people, you know, we're, we're no longer uh, progressing in the, in the same way we were back in the 50s or whatever when, you know, children were guaranteed to earn more than their parents and so on. Uh, you know, that trend is no longer there. And I think people are having a hard time, um, you know, especially white people perhaps because they've been, you know, in the ascendancy for so long. They're having a hard time looking at a new world, right? And and uh, there's, there's resistance to change sometimes that, that comes up, right? Yeah, it, it sure is. And that goes back to fear because we believe in a lack mentality that mm -hmm. if I were to share this, wow, I'd run out of it and there, there wouldn't be enough for me or or for my to leave for my legacy if I were to share this position or this resource. And that is really the solution is for us to realize that we do live in an abundant universe, despite what we've told ourselves and despite what we see, um, that it is the operation of from that vantage point, that there is an abundance of this. And that's, remember that uh, there was a story when we were kids, uh, my mom used to tell us about the people who made stone soup. And, you know, oh, this, yeah. the traveler shows up in a town and he doesn't have anything. And he convinced the people in that village that he's going to make this soup. And, you know, he's got some stones that he's found on the side of the road. And they've never heard of stone soup and they're curious. And he says, well, somebody go, they have nothing to give him at first. You know, he's been to village to village asking. He realizes that's not the way to do it. Let me go and provide a service. Let me go and, and, and provide this love and this togetherness. And you go bring me a carrot, just bring one carrot. You go bring one onion. And that's really what we have to think here is that, 
you may be sitting in your own place, fearful that another person or a group of people will come and knock you off of this place and then you'll be less than. But if you open up the love and say, let's all bring something. Let's all open up. We have different experiences. We have different knowledge bases, but we have, we all have the same desire. And that's to know that at the end of the day, at the end of the struggle, whatever it is, that we will be safe. Those that we love will be safe. Same desire. Let's all bring something and live in this abundant place. I love that because initially, you know, think, well, I haven't got anything to bring. You know, who am I? I'm out of luck. I'm out of money, you know, whatever. But once we start thinking about the little bit we might have, you know, like the widow's mite or whatever, there's there's always something. And, and the, the giving, it seems, once you give a little, there's more to give, isn't there? That's the miracle. It's the loaves and fishes, I guess, you know. Once you start the flow, then, then God provides a greater flow of, of resource to you, you know, um, which is, the, again, the nature of the friendly universe, right? The nature of a beneficent universe always wants to give us more. But we have to start, we have to prime the pump, right? We have to get it going. Oh, so, and that's the story of, that's the story of my beginning. I remember I used to sit, I, I became a person who started studying what I now call peace when I was 17 years old. And I would read these incredible stories and and I would think, I was so charged to go forward in my life and to change my life and to adopt this new way of thinking. But I often thought I myself have nothing to give. That was really my concept for many, many years. I thought we're, I, you know, as we started off, I'm from the South side of Chicago and I, you know, I grew up in extreme poverty and uh, what would I have to offer? And it wasn't until I actually had been practicing pharmacy for a number of years. And I realized that that was my vocation, but that was not what I had to give. I, what I had to give was my voice to hope, my voice to encouragement. So I tell people that you always have something to give. I, you know, your smile, you know, your, your just presence is a gift. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You start right there with something you know, fundamental, right? That's that's around at any given time. Even your brokenness, you know, can offer oh. up your brokenness as well and say, this is all I've got right now. But but it's the act of giving that's important, not necessarily what you're giving. You know, it's the it's the aspect of opening. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Folks, we're, I'm with uh, Dr. Draymond James. Uh, we've been talking about uh, a number of subjects, actually. But in the second half, I'm going to ask... Um, Dr. Drayvon, uh, about some of her principles um, around everyday peace and, and some of the practical ways that uh, we can uh, adapt a, a new lifestyle. So join us after these messages from Unity. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. All right, welcome back to today's show. I'm with Dr. Drayvon James, who is also a host on the Unity Online Radio Network, amongst other many, many other things that she does. She's an author, a speaker. Uh, she founded Everyday Peace, which is actually the, also the title of her radio show, um, and to create this idea of empowerment, e even in difficult times. We talked about that earlier, you know, the idea of integration of all aspects of ourselves. Peace isn't found, uh, you know, when we overcome and get rid of all the bad stuff. It, it happens in the midst of, right? We can't wait till everything's perfect in order to find some peace in our lives. So to talk about that. What is everyday peace for you? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I want to give you the definition because more ordinarily when we hear the word peace, we think Zen-like. And of course, I, I, I would love that too. I got to say that when I first started on this journey of peace, I was 17 years old and I had just read Norman Vincent's Peale, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I thought, well, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for a life of never having another problem. And of course, this is a, the mind of a 17-year-old who had had a lot of problems up until that point. And I thought that's what Norman Vincent Peale, I read his story several times and I thought this man has figured out how not to have problems. And of course I evolved as, as a, as a person, I realized that what I was looking for, I eventually and still am discovering is a, is a way to utilize everything that shows up in my life as a stepping stone to my next level of greatness. And so the definition that I use for peace, which isn't mine, I, I read it somewhere years ago and I absolutely fell in love with it, is that peace is wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And I got to tell you, Reverend Paul, every time I say that, I feel this uh, sensation of just calm wash over me to know that even this, whatever that is, for whatever caller is in the midst of a situation right now, and I think that this, this will be the end or this will be the worst, that even this can be used to, for your next level of greatness. In fact, that's what it's come for. Every every experience that we've ever had has come for one purpose, and that is to bow down and serve us as we consciously create our next level of greatness. We have that freedom to decide what this moment means for us. And so that's where we are. That's what I think about when I talk about peace. And that's what I teach about. And that's what I work with my clients with is to how, how do we do that? How do we take life, you know, and, and make it so that it's leading to our next level of greatness? Because oftentimes... Uh, what we don't think about is sometimes great things happen in people's lives and without a desire to utilize it, to open the door or to step into your next level of greatness, that great thing that happened could be the thing that stalls you out where you don't move forward. Or, you know, uh, one of my favorite entertainers of all times is Whitney Houston. And I used to tell people all the time, she's got everything. She's beautiful. She's talented. And then, of course, I don't know her personally, but we look at her story and we see that all of these great things, and then there is so much pain. None of that, none of that great stuff, at least to the naked eye, to the you know unfamiliar eye with her personal life, led to her getting to her next level of greatness. In fact, it seems to do, have done just the opposite. So understanding how to utilize everything is so important. And what is this for? Like, why is this happening? And I tell people the first thing to do is, is to stand in awareness of ourselves. Too often we are, we are not there. We do not know ourselves. 
we know about me. I just mentioned Whitney Houston. I know about Whitney Houston. And it's so easy to put our focus externally and know about, you know, our favorite entertainers, our, you know, our movie stars, our bosses, our children, our spouses, but to not know ourselves. So the first entryway into living a life of peace every day, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, is to become aware of ourselves, just becoming curious and sitting sitting in silence with ourselves and, and just watching, you know, wow, did that conference, did that question make me nervous or did that comment make me this or why am I feeling tense and waiting for our response? Right, and it takes a lot of courage to do that, you know, because lo- lots of us are uh, in avoidance, you know, as long as I don't look at myself, I don't have to worry about anything. I can I can distract myself with, you know, music, entertainment, um, whatever it is, PlayStation, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the internet, um, and I don't really have to do any work on myself because I think some people find themselves a little scary. You know, they don't really want to look at themselves and they don't like what they see, perhaps, you know, uh, which is uh, understandable to a degree. But but uh, really, the real work is to look at who you are in truth, right, beyond all the things that might scare you or that might feel troubling in you. You know, there, there is a core that is is quite beautiful, right, at, at oh, the heart yes. of us. And yeah. um, once we once we understand that, you know, then then we can begin to look at ourselves a little a little more differently, perhaps. Yeah, and it's even it's hard even, to get that started, though, right? Yeah, it's hard to get that started because we we live in this place where we've been taught, you know, about blame and shame and you know condemnation and having those as part of our tools for for protecting ourselves, right? If we can blame somebody else for our behavior, or or someone else can shame us into. Um, uh, to a different response. But once we move past that and realize that without shame, blame, and condemnation, we are left naked with love and acceptance. We'll accept the love and acceptance. Um, I, in my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, I talk about a family member that um, was serving a lifetime sentence in prison. And once he got to a place where he was no longer blaming anyone else, then he got to a place where he decided to blame himself. And then he got to a place where he decided to accept himself and to love himself right there because truly I believe that we all do in that moment the best that we know to do. And when we know better, we do better. And uh, he was subsequently, years later, um, released from prison. But I, I know, but for the change and the process, and it was slow to move from blame and shame and condemnation. And when that gets through with you, you can decide to be through with it very early on, but you do have to be willing to look at yourself with your eyes wide open, all of those things that you call mistakes and and uh, um, unwanted behavior and say, yet and still, I love me. And, right. I, and I forgive me. I forgive me. You know, I'm hearing, you know, people say, well, I should have known better back then. Just because you heard better doesn't mean you knew better. You just heard it. It wasn't a truth to you. Now that you know better, and this is your change state, you're moving closer to your authentic self. And so when that, I think when we are willing to say several times a day, I love me just the way that I am. Just the way that you are starts to change to your true authentic self eventually you convince yourself oh i do love me so loving if i actually love me and i do there are certain things that i won't do they're just unacceptable and of course it's been uh, that 
you know, this positive way of thinking has been sort of mocked in some circles. Even on Saturday Night Live, there used to be that uh, the positive-minded person, you know, Stuart Smalley or whatever, uh, who would remind himself, I'm good enough, you know, I'm, I'm lovable enough, and good Lord, people like me or whatever. And he'd look in the mirror as he did it, etc. But, 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 you know, you can make a mockery out of anything, right? But if you... And, and perhaps if we do it in a superficial way, it is funny. But but really what we're saying is, uh, you know, we're looking deep into the heart of who we are, right? And, and bathing ourselves in that um, in, in that spirit bath, really. You know, we're reminding ourselves we are more than uh, humanness. So this isn't about aggrandizing our egos, right? It's, it's about releasing the spirit of all possibility in us. Oh, I love that. Releasing the spirit of all possibility. I have a dear friend who tells, reminds me frequently that he cannot embrace positivity because he is a realist. Mm-hmm. And and I love the fact that you are a realist. And I said, you know, even with even with this real image that we have, do you know that your perception is what makes it real? Right. So right, exactly. there are some facts that are happening here. And I always go back to working in healthcare for 31 years. There are some very painful facts that happen in life. And I've seen people who have made remarkable recoveries because of what the painful event meant to them, how they, how they internalize it differently than saying, I'm just a realist. I see that the lab work says this and the lab work says that, and I'm a realist that the, at the end of this will be my demise. And then there's another person that says, those are labs. I see that those are labs, but I accept that I live in a body that knows how to do and receive what it needs to do and receive for complete and utter healing. So it's just a matter of a mindset. And that's our choice. We have a choice with that. I mean, I think that our responsibility is not to convince people that one choice is better than the other, but to allow them to do their own science experiment and say, you know, now, how do I feel? when I, when I think this way and how do I feel when I think that way? Well, if, you know, I like to feel good at the very least, then how, how about thinking this way? If it's not going to make any difference anyway, how about thinking this way so I can feel better? Right. Exactly. Well, it's levels and levels of reality, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we still have to obey the, the, the road uh, laws. Otherwise we're going to crash into everybody. You know, if we, if we insist on, on driving down the wrong side of the street, I mean, I think it was the the Muslims say, you know, trust God but tie your camel, right? It's uh, yeah. there, there's a there's a reality that we have to look after uh, and take care of, uh, that, but there's a greater reality with a larger, you know, uppercase R, which is um, which is a little different. So, uh, but then we have to be in the world but not of the world. I think you know Jesus Excellent. lived that seamless life, didn't he? Where you know, pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. You know, it's 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 living effectively and skillfully in, in the world. And that's so beautiful, right? So, you know, this in, in you're right, there are levels to this, right? So one level is it and I talk about that a lot too. You know, you have these yellow lines on the road and when you drive, and it's great that we recognize boundaries and we confirm we have to have that sort of order. But then you have this next level of thinking that says, Okay, so I I'm doing this and this is good. Now what if I added this to that? But with that result, and so that's what—that's really where we are. Saying, you know, you're doing that, you're obeying those laws, and if you know, as a healthcare professional, I believe that there are certain medications that absolutely, <laughs> you know, I, I would hate for you to say that no, no to these, but saying yes to this, to this, to this worldly uh, science is not the end. You could still go another level. You could have this life on another level if you so choose. 
Right. Exactly. You know, another thing that's that the twelve step uh, program talks about is um, there was that moment where you're done. You know, where you you read, and it's a powerful moment. You know, you don't want to live that old way. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired, as they say. Um, there's power to that, isn't there? Where, where you finally wake up to the fact that, you know, this isn't serving me anymore. You know, I'm ready for something new. And when, when that moment comes, and it's come to me a couple of times in my life where I realize I'm done with that old way of thinking and being, you know, there's so, there's something new. Wow, that's powerful because there's, there's energy that flows to that decision. Yeah, it is. When you decide that, yeah, the, I love it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then just in that moment, becoming still and just not even looking for the next answer. I know I've done that in my lifetime. It's just saying, you know what? I, this is unbearable. What's next? <laughs> what do I, what do I need right. to do? What do I need to do to change it? And then deciding that all I need to do is just sit still because before I have called, the answer was, has been there all along. All I need to do was to vibrate at the frequency of the solution. I like that vibrate the frequency of the solution, and you know sometimes that is something beyond what we can know, right? Uh, um, in Zen, they talk about don't know minds, you know, and uh, sometimes you have to enter into don't know mind. Your your humanness doesn't know, but there's a vibration of spirit within you that does know, and you have to trust that sometimes. So I think that's true in relationships. You know, the more you want a relationship, the more you seem to push the people away, right? The, the moment you give up on having to have a relationship, you know, it seems like the right person shows up. How did that happen? You know, well, maybe I was res was resisting it by simply wanting to force it. You know, I was I was pushing it away even when I thought I was uh, working hard to attract it. So, again, it's counterintuitive life. Sometimes you have to just relax and let go. Um, you know, it reminds me of the, the, the Jesus's parable, you know, when when the was Jesus was below ships during a storm and the disciples were going crazy on deck, you know, because of the storm, they were fretting and he was asleep down there. He was peaceful. He was in his centered, peaceful place, but they went down and woke him up, you know, and um, he came on board. And so we're waking up the Christ within us. And, and what does he say? Peace be Peace. still and, and everything's calm, you know? So it's, it's exactly what you're talking about, right? You're invoking that peace in the midst of the storm. And, there was no storm to Jesus in that Christ consciousness. There's only peace, right? So, so he was invoking that peace and everything changed as a result. Yeah. And that's so, you know, you think of all the things that he could have said, someone get a bucket and start bailing the water, do this, right. you go do that. You go, you know, no, he could have, Oh my God, you're right. It's terrible. <laughs> he could have said a thousand different things. Right. Yeah. And that's what we tend to do. I, I love that parable for that reason, because that it, it really models that the answer will not be in the doing mm -hmm. that will just be busy work. You know, and, and, you know, the fact that he says, peace, be still was the acknowledgement that there is a storm. Something needs to stop here. Right. So it's not put, we're not putting our head in the sand and saying nothing's going on. He said, peace, be still for a reason. Yeah, I right. see. It, right. And so something's going on, but the, the solution will not be for us to engage in, in um, active, just busy work. It will be for us to stand still in some form or fashion and listen. Yes. Right. And listen, it's that that's the thing that we are. We don't know how long the answer is going to take. So we don't want to give it any time at all. But and we, and we love to be busy. 
we love to be busy. The ego needs something to do. And I would tell people oftentimes when I talk about meditation as part of the place of being stillness, I said, so give your mind something to do. When you close your eyes in that moment, go looking for light. You know, give your ego, say, you know, there's light here in this darkness. I want you to find it. And the, and the ego is just like, a, you know, just like a puppy you've thrown a, a stick. It goes to me, thank you for the command. I'll go look for it. Right. It needs entertaining. I have some of my best ideas when I'm walking or in the shower. And I think the reason for that is, you know, my body mind is being entertained by the walk or by the shower, the, the, the water falling. And it frees up my, my inner sense, you know, my deeper sense of self to, to speak to me. Um, and it's the same idea, isn't it? We just, we just need to um, entertain it so that, so that it can do its, it can be happy doing its thing. And then that, that frees up energy for, for intuition to flow to us. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get in that space and it's so in, a lot of my thoughts come in the shower too, or, or on the commute that, you know, that mindless commute mm. and I'll have this, you know, Eureka. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so crystal clear. It's so obvious. How did I not see this? But it's because I have engaged in this, um, in the stillness. And that answer was always there. Something my son says, he's 17. He said, mom, do you realize that everything existed in 1920 to create um, some phenomenal tech? He's a techie person. And I said, is that true? He said, yeah, it already existed. He said, it's just man wasn't ready to put it together. Yeah. Oh, what? Those raw materials are not new. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The potential is, is already there within everything. You know, that's the amazing thing. Um, that it's it's enfolded in the in the uh, you know, Charles Fillmore said before evolution there was involution and God involved in everything that you know, everything that's later gonna be evolved and uh, it's the same idea so encoded within everything is is everything we could ever need you know uh, it just requires a certain level of understanding to bring it forth so yeah fascinating stuff isn't it it is and that understanding you know is it's the understanding is also very pure if we sit and just be still for a little while. And I'm not talking about, you know, people say, well, I can't sit for that long. Just discipline yourself to sit for five minutes. Right. And, and, you know, and every time your mind tries to engage you in a thought, remind it to go look for that light. You know, say, so I've given you a task. Go back and do that. I'll be with you in one moment. And just sitting and practicing um, that three minutes, five minutes, that stillness creates the awareness that we're looking for. And I guess COVID-19, you know, and all the events of this year have allowed us to do a little experiment that way. You know, some of us are cut off from others. We have to spend more time in our homes. You know, some are struggling to make ends meet, whatever. But it's a it's an opportunity to think anew, isn't it, about what's really important for us. It really is. And, and I do realize I don't take anything for, you know, for granted that it is very difficult times as people are losing family members and um, people are getting sick. I have my brother-in-law right now has um, the COVID and uh, it's, scary. it's scary for people. That's real. But even in there, it is still the proven model that once we have done all of the things that we that we have available for us to do. And we should. The answer then is peace be still. Yes. 
right? So we're going to do the PPE. We're going to do the social distancing and the quarantine. These things are necessary. It supports, you know, it would be foolish not to, right? And so with all of the data that supports that these are the ways to decrease the spread. But once we do all of that, there is another level of protection. There's another level of growth. And that's where we're asking people to reach for that next level. Yes, do all of the earthly things, but then in the stillness is where the growth will happen. It moves you from surviving to thriving. Yeah, that's interesting. I was talking to my wife about that this morning, you know, the difference between simply surviving and, and thriving. And it, it's, you know, it's powerful to, to live from that awareness that, yeah, I've got to, I've got to take care of things, but, uh, but there's there's something magnificent happening as well, you know, in the midst of this. Um, so what are we? What's in store for us in 2021? Do you think? Oh, I think you know what? All of this learning is going to pay off. We're going to come out of this stronger and wiser and more in our purpose, right? I think as as a world, we've learned a lot about how resilient we really are, and we're bridging that gap of um, them versus us. So I think we're going to come out as a world uh, a lot stronger, but as individuals and as families, we're going to come out a lot stronger, a lot more independent, and a lot more focused on what really matters. Mm. I'll definitely affirm that with you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. So as we wrap up the show, just tell us about your other show people not familiar with it. It's the... Yeah, it's Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We're on Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Unity Online um, broadcast. And right now, if I could, I'd like to say, everybody, I'm giving away a free giveaway, absolutely free for all of your listeners, called the Passion Course, Living in, in Your Passion and Learning How to Do That Quickly and Sustainably. And all you have to do to get that course is email me at DrayvonJames at gmail.com. Put the word free in the subject line and you'll automatically get the link to that course. It's a delightful way to approach 2021 in your passion and realize that that passion burns eternally and everything that you need to get started, you already have. Just need a little direction. So tell us real quick about your uh, career as an actress. Oh my goodness, one of my favorite topics. So I think the thing that people most realized that I was an actress was on HBO The Wire. I was on there for three seasons. I had the honor of playing two characters on there. So I'll let your guests if they like the HBO to go back and find those two characters, very, very diverse characters. But um, I started my interest in acting in the third grade. I auditioned for a play called Ladies First, and I knew from the third grade that that's what I wanted to do. And um, for a long time, I was a little resentment that I didn't pursue, resenting that I didn't pursue it full time because my mom said to me as I was applying to colleges and I had some really good reviews for work that I had done in acting. She said, absolutely not. My dream for you is that you'll have financial security. You'll go and become a medical doctor. And I was great in math and science. And I went on to a pharmacy school. And I thought, oh, I had my first child. And when I looked at her, I said, I could not tell her not to follow her dreams if I don't follow mine. So 20 years ago, I picked it back up. And it's been ongoing. I've done a lot of um, small projects. My, my biggest project to date, and there are bigger ones coming, but has been the HBO series. But I do a lot of stage plays and independent films, and I absolutely yeah. love it. Well, that's awesome. Great. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up myself now. I'm I'm, I'm curious to see <laughs> see some of your work. That's 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 excellent. Well, I think yeah. you truly are an example of uh, someone that's. Um, 
you know, taking every opportunity that you can in, in their diverse areas, you know, for, from pharmacy through, uh, through acting, to writing, and, and now in the, in the radio and then the work you're doing with everyday peace. You're, you're really an exemplar to, to many of us that you can come from humble beginnings, quote, humble beginnings, but that doesn't define you, right? And, and you can have the life, as you say, the life of your dreams. Absolutely. And everyone can, not just me. Everyone can. I believe that everyone needs a coach for me. My my virtual coach was Norman Vincent Peale and so many other people that I read about. And that was well before we had all this technology where we could Zoom and Skype and all of this other stuff. Right now, I, I encourage people to get connected with someone who helps them hold the vision and is willing to help them walk towards their next level of greatness because it truly is available to them. Excellent. Let me tell you about next week's show, and then we'll say goodbye to Dr. Drayvon. Next week, uh, my wife, Wendy, joins me, and we're going to close out uh, 2020's World Spirituality Show. It'll be the last one of the year by spending an hour examining what the heck went on in 2020 and seeing what is coming in 2021. That's why I was interested in asking uh, Dr. Drayvon what she thought was coming, and I, I, I like what she said. So if I find out what we've learned and um, what we see happening uh, in, in the next year, um, next week. Right now, though, um, I want to give a hearty thank you to Dr. Drayvon for being on my show. It's been a wonderful uh, discussion, on, on, in a, you know, quite diverse discussion and uh, a thrill and obviously a, a joy to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure as well to be on your show. So take care, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.